1: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690, and Jarrett Levine
2: Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
3: We the score there. Defense goes back on the field, gets a stop, get the ball back to go win the game. Um, yeah, we had just a couple that barely missed LaVisca. I think it was on that drive down the red zone. Yeah, he ran a great route. Had him on uh, the end zone. Went, went to one hand. Got to give him a better throw there. And then... You know, I thought I got in. They, they reversed it um, or overturned it, whatever. Got to play the next play. And you think about, like, four inches, just that's tough. You know, want to be able to punch that in and weren't able to. You know, the, obviously Times did a good job there, but that's disappointing for sure.
2: That is it. Before the end of the show, Casey, please uh, make sure you play the last sound bite from uh, Trevor yesterday because... We we'll we'll leave the show, or at least get some semblance of everybody going home. uh And Trevor saying, "Don't worry, it will be better." Mm. So that's what we need. We need to play that like every twenty minutes here on the show.
0: <laughs> Injected in our
2: veins, Brent. I love that guy. I mean, he is. uh It's funny. He come out of these games right now in Jacksonville. And it's Urban Meyer, and it's what are we doing in news conferences, and all this stuff. Yeah. I don't even feel like the last couple of weeks we're talking about Trevor Lawrence that much, but he's playing pretty good football. Like he looks good. Yeah. Right. No, I, I understand. Yeah. Again, I, I I get where you come from. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on Monday. Jags 20 losses in a row, and I get where you come from. It's like, hey, he's still not winning. Like they're not winning. Mm-hmm. So how good can he be playing? Again, I'm gonna be. Well, the Brent that I usually am and be like, I'm yeah. going to try to find some of these things. And I, uh, we know it's about this guy going forward. So what is th- that's where I come from a little bit on the bevel front, too. It's like I feel like he's doing a pretty good job with Trevor, uh, yeah. you know, getting him in pretty good positions. And he's playing better football and there's growth there. I, I mean, it's, I really see a comfortable Trevor Lawrence out there on the football field and he's making some big time plays. No, and
0: and I agree with you. It's just sad, though, that we come in here on a Monday and that's, I don't know, the seventh, eighth thing that we have to talk about (laughs) when it's the most important part of our franchise. Yeah, it's true. But, like, there's so much other stuff going on that we can't even acknowledge it to start the show because that's not a a trending topic. That's not the story of the day. Yeah, it really is about the sixth or seventh story right now. I mean, meanwhile, in Houston, they're throwing parades for (laughs) Davis Mills. They're they're thinking, "Is, is this our guy? Three touchdowns against Bill Belichick? Quarterback rating of 149? Is Davis Bill... Is Davis Mills the guy now? And we're saying like, yeah, Trump did good again. It's, it's good it's, stuff. it's really... That's an interesting cool. point,
2: right? Because Davis Mills, by the way, played really well until they decided, hey, shoot, we're supposed to be tanking. Uh, <laughs> and then... But Justin Fields, it gets a win. Yeah. And people have really been enamored with the Fields, right? Because he wasn't playing. And then he got set up bad by Nagy. And all of a sudden, Nagy, who was supposed to be this play caller, obviously can't call plays because the other guy's pretty good at it. Yes. Uh, Trey Lance is now playing and thrown in the fire. Matt Jones is on the big spotlight because it's New England. And he's playing these games against Tom Brady. Mm-hmm and he's holding his own. And so he's getting a lot of attention. Meanwhile, the Jags are sitting there, even off the Thursday night game, I thought Trevor would get a little bit more love around the country for how he performed in that game, and he didn't. And so what what I'm kind of seeing here, though, Austin, I see a guy that's playing pretty good football, and it's still a secret to everybody else around the National Football League. Like, this guy is playing good football. He's not... He had some peaks and valleys in the first few games because of the turnovers. Mm-hmm. He has not had those. He's playing consistently like eight quarters. I mean, you can count he the last the interception well, if you want, but I mean, yeah. okay, it was kind of like, fine, he had the last 10 seconds weren't good, but eight, quarter, eight quarters, in my opinion, he's been pretty consistent as a quarterback in the NFL at playing
0: pretty well. Like, yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah. No, it, it, it's a great sign. It's just, I don't know what it means for this season. Yeah, but, uh, I, mean, well, does, I, mean, I mean, it for, means that they're not going to 17.
2: Okay. I, because I think he's going. He's Now, the next step is really what we've asked, right? Can you can will he, him to can a, can he, a victory? That's right. And I thought I saw a little bit of that with the play going to the end zone. Yeah. When he's like, that was a will play. I'll, I'll give you another play because you can't sleep on some of this stuff. The. You remember the, the one we were talking about on fourth initiative where he throws it to Hollister, right? Yes. And so we said, well, they kind of put it in his hands. Well, previously on that drive was the third and two to Marvin Jones. Beautiful throw. Mm-hmm. Well, in between all that, do you remember the play where he had to peel out quickly after the snap because Tennessee was rushing him, and he threw it to Tavon Austin? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. He kind of like... Spun around. That that's a big time play. Like Patrick Mahomes make that play. We're like, oh, whoa! Look at no, him. For sure, for that's sure. a good play. That's a great play. And yes. in, in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, nobody even talks about it. Like we don't even talk about it. There's so much going on. But to me, that whole drive. That and I remember tweeting this. I said, "Hey Jacksonville, that's your franchise quarterback. That's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Can he elevate the play? Well, third and two, third and three. Beautiful throw. First down, 25 yards." Pressure in his face? Ah, screw it. I got this. Spin around, find Tavon Austin, get him down near the goal line.
3: Yeah.
0: Fourth
2: and inches, you want to give it to me instead of run? Fine. I'll throw you a beautiful pass on a fade. Touchdown. To me, that was Trevor Lawrence. That's the quarterback Jacksonville has. And now you just got to see more of it. And what I think even Urban said it. Now we want to see him in a game-winning type of situation For so sure. he could do it then.
0: No, I mean, you definitely want to see more of it. And then it's like you said, he he's made some... Oh, wild plays. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you mentioned the one where he kind of spun out and then found um, Taylon Austin. It's just, it's sad that we're, and I don't know if, if it's like a national media thing because obviously they're not winning, so that has something to do with yeah, it. Yeah. But like, I see last year like how enthralled the media was with Joe Burrow before he got hurt. True. And how enthralled and- that they were with yeah. Justin Herbert. And, like, how even enthralled they were with Gardner Minshew because of, like, the way he, I guess, he looked, but also, like, some of, like, the backyard plays that he was making. Now, Minshew won a couple games, okay, so be it. But, like, I don't feel Trevor's getting that same treatment because, well, all his stuff is getting lost with other things going on around this organization. Well, because the national guys want to talk about Urban. Yes, correct. Because Urban's lost. a punchline and Urban's yes. a,
2: a polarizing
0: yeah. thing and Urban's a headline thing. It all and gets so, lost.
2: Yeah, everybody even, wants to talk about Urban.
0: Even though you had the highest ratings ever, I think, in th- or whatever, in how many years in Thursday Night Football yeah. against Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Well, you can say it was a Joe Burrow show, whatever, but... Trevor had something to do with that as well.
2: Yeah, so, but the bottom line is, who cares if everybody's paying attention right now? I feel like Trevor's doing good things. Mm-hmm. And then, by the way, I don't think he's without... There was a fourth and four, remember, late in the game? I thought he made the wrong read. He tried a tougher play, and I think he had James Robinson out in the flat, if I remember correctly. Could have been a first there down. There was a
0: couple times the receivers were open, yeah, but he missed them. You
2: know, we might not be talking about Bevel and the fourth and inches and everything if he completes the pass to uh, on first down. Now, I feel like if you go look at his news conference there... I think he was covering for LaVisca. I don't know the, where LaVisca is supposed to be on that route, but I felt the way he said it, kind of like, he said this multiple times, like I could throw a better ball there, yeah. but he kind of quietly, sheepishly said it there, and I think he kind of covered for LaVisca. That's just my read on it. I have no idea, interpreting a news conference, but I wonder if LaVisca should have ran that route a little more, deeper uh, or a little more to the edge, mm-hmm. and he put the ball in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who knows? My point being is he hasn't been perfect, mm-hmm. but they're not glaring mistakes most of the time. And he's making big plays in big spots. And now they just got to do a little bit more to compliment him. So then we can see if he can get it done at like the end of the game in an even bigger position. Yeah. I think that's
0: kind of what's, uh, what is next to go along with. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so in terms of the targets and in terms of the receptions, yeah, this is where I was going. Okay. Right, you went there. Fantastic. If I was to ask you who are the top two receivers right now on this team, I do mean, not forget it, the top, the top two pass catchers right now on this team, would you still give me a Marvin Jones-Visca Chanel, or would you go a different direction? Like I'm saying before the game. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Like, you, so, who do I want to get the ball to, those yes. Two guys? Yes.
0: So should you be concerned when those guys that we just mentioned, the two best pass catchers on your team, each have a reception apiece, and that's it? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the answer to that is yes. And by the way, Lombisca Chenault, three targets. Marvin Jones, five targets. but Did he have five move. targets? According to ESPN, he had five targets. Um, but at the same time, they also credited um, <laughs> Chris Manners with a touchdown on <laughs> the, the, the Google search, which is not true. It was Hollister. Okay. Yeah. So take that for how you want. Uh, the tight ends are getting more involved.
2: Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted tight end play. Well, they had eight catches. And Dan Arnold is a, kind of a, a bit of a weapon here for the mm-hmm. Jacks. I know he had the fumble. I mean, it was a bang, bang play, but uh, it looks like that's going to be a nice addition. I'm surprised we've seen the productivity from Marvin Jones go down. And I don't know if that's because they're shading him. They're paying more attention to him, especially with D.J. Chark out. Yeah, I'm not sure. LaVisca Schnault, the head coach, says, hey, we gotta get him 10 targets a game. And he didn't have one until the fourth quarter. Now, you got to be careful to force feed, but at the same time, I'm not this much of a dummy. If you want to scheme a play for a guy, you can do that in the NFL. And especially LaVisca. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, you can hand him the ball behind the line of scrimmage if you really want. So the Jags have to be careful to get lost in that. Now, they got Tavon Austin involved. They got Jamal Agnew involved. I will say this: When I, I want to just be completely honest with you, I left the game and didn't look at that stat sheet, and I didn't say, I was like, wow, they reached a lot of guys. They they per- involved a lot of people in the offense today. Yeah. Like the tight ends were there. That was good. Jamal Agnew continues to make a play or two. Tavon Austin makes a play or two. Tags doing a nice. I was like, oh damn, one catch for Laviska, one for Marvin. That's it. Like that's kind of my reaction to it, and I was so I, I don't want to be hypocritical and be like I was calling for that the whole game. Where is Loviska? Where is Loviska? I, I know I tweeted one time I was like expect Loviska to get the ball soon because he hasn't yet. That was like in the first half. Okay, and and by the way, when they did touch the ball, there were huge plays. Third and two from Marvin was a big one. I thought Marvin could have pulled uh, pulled in another contested catch earlier in the game, mm-hmm. and didn't. And then the LaVisca down by the goal line, if he makes the 58-yard play and a touchdown, well, his two touches are huge.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, So, yeah, I would say why don't they have more? But I'll also tell you this, I'm being completely honest, that's not my headline problem with the offensive coordinator and the offense coming out of yesterday.
0: No. I mean, and I get it. Like, y- you spread the ball around, and you spread the wealth, and that's great and everything. Now I'm a little bitter because I told literally everybody and my family to play <laughs> LaVisca Schnell in fantasy football. That so seven points on it the was one play. Be, well, thank God for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was getting text at halftime. I thought you said play LaVisca. Where, that was where, a hell of a where, play, I'm like, I think, and I'm here. I'm like, I think he might be hurt, actually. like I don't, <laughs> I don't I haven't seen him. He might be. No, he's out there. That was a heck of a Just play. wasn't throwing the ball. But I don't want to give this Titans defense too much credit. Because this was a team the previous week that gave up uh, 111 yards to Corey Davis. That gave up 92 yards to Keelan Cole. Okay? So, you can't turn that around in one week. Yeah, yeah. All right? If the Titans defense. It's not like this miraculously figured out how to cover wide receivers. No, it doesn't work like that. So, in the grand scheme of things, is it the, the, the biggest question mark, the biggest red flag? No but also in the grand scheme of things where your two best pass catchers aren't getting the ball, yeah, you got to question it a little bit whether they're not getting open, whether Trevor Lawrence hasn't seen them. I'm not sure what the com- maybe combination of both. But the fact that your two biggest playmakers aren't getting the ball, yeah, I think that warrants some kind of concern.
2: Well, and I'll go back to your point of, and a lot of folks' point, and problem with the offensive coordinator is, okay, if you're only scoring 19 points, James Robinson's not in the game, LaVisca's not getting the ball down there, mm-hmm. and – Marvin Jones isn't getting the ball down there. Well, maybe that's the reason you're not scoring more than 19 points. Yeah. Right? Give it to the guys that are going to make plays. You can make the case that James Robinson, LaVisca Chenal, and Marvin Jones are your best three players on offense mm-hmm. in terms of playmaking ability. And then those guys not touching the ball down there might be a reason why you're not getting in. Yeah. So that I think that, uh, they go hand in hand. Uh, I just wanted to be a little bit careful how I painted that one because I didn't sit there and watch the game, and I'm like, where's Marvin, where's Marvin, where's LaVisca? Because I thought they were still moving it. Yeah. You know, they were having success at what they were doing, whether that was running it or giving it to the tight ends. And, I mean, you, imagine if they, the Jags had more playmakers because you can't keep everybody happy. I yeah. mean, you, if you watch Kansas City, there'll be games where Kelsey catches 10 passes. There'll be other ones where he catches three. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, you, you get got too many weapons to share the ball, and that's a team that doesn't even try to run. But if you're a team that tries to run, it's really hard to, if you're going to give your back 20-something catch, uh, touches, really hard to get the ball in the hands of your tight ends eight times, your Marvin yeah, Jones no six times, yeah. LaVisca Chenault seven times. Like, that's a hard thing to do, really, for uh, an offense. You just don't have that many plays. No, you're not wrong.
4: Can I tell you, I thought for a half second I was making an open, Today, when Jacob Hollister scored, because that's my guy. is your guy. I, I thought for a half second, I was like, Holy crap, I'm going to get to make a Jacob Hollister open. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Holy crap, I didn't have to, because my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Tyron Johnson, okay, by the way? Yeah, I mean, but do
2: they need him? Did they need him? Speed. Yes, speed, right?
0: speed. Yeah. Speed.
2: I, like, here's the thing. Like, you, you say, speed. again, we're talking speed, but speed. I feel like the big play has been there for the Jags. LaVisca has a 58-yard play. Yeah. Previous week, he has a 50-yard catch. James Robinson ran for a 58-yard play. Um, You know, I mean, I can pick out now through five games where the Jags have had explosive plays. I don't know if they've had as many as I can pick out in my head or enough that would measure up with the rest of the league. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, you know, sometimes like uh, you go to... I guarantee you, and I'm going to say this and I might be wrong, but I, I believe, in my mind... The Jags have had more like explosive big plays than, say, someone like the New England Patriots.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair to
2: say. Because their offense is kind of built to just kind of dink dunk, move oh, the yeah. ball, I mean, all that you stuff. Yeah, John Smith and Hunter You Hunter know, Hunter, so like Mac, good. like if I don't know what they're talking about in New England, but I would assume, I, I'll tell you this because I know the criticism of Tom Brady early in his career was like, hey, he can't throw the deep ball. He's not pushing the ball down the field. Sure. I bet there are people in New England saying that. Like, hey, Max's not pushing the ball down the field, not pushing the ball down the field. Yeah, great. He's, he's, he's very, his, uh, his completion percentage is good, but, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah he let a game winning drive. But, and, well, we, it's not the, we're not talking about that here. In fact, we're talking about the quarterback here saying, stop throwing it so far down the field mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. It's, uh, it's such a crazy dynamic uh, in Jacksonville. I, I do think, though, you, you have to find a way to get your playmakers to b- football. I mean, that's in any sport. I mean, we're talking about James Robinson. We're talking about LaVisca Schnault, Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. Get him the ball. By the way, you're paying Marvin quite a bit of money. Yeah. Uh, so you might want to get him the football. I think we got to revisit something, though. Um, it, we, we, a lot of talk about the news conference. A lot of talk about Urban Meyer again today. Urban Meyer looks... This, I don't think it's in over his head, but it looks discombobulated right now. Mm-hmm. It's a good word. I like that, man. Oh, uh, it's a good one. Casey, you can you make, make a button out of that one or yeah, something? Yeah, maybe, like, that would be a good Scrabble word. <laughs> uh, but it looks – it just looks out of sorts. Yeah. It looks like a team that's actually on the field losing, like, by 40 every day. That's what it feels like in Jacksonville right now. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is they're not. They actually have come very close to winning a couple of games, but they yeah. can't. Uh, but it feels that way from the building, to the news conferences, to the headlines, to the everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you said it, and I think this is important to discuss. I mean, does, how much of a disconnect, forget about the rest of the building, but how much do you feel is off right now between Urban and Trevor? And we'll throw Bevel in the mix as well. Yeah. Uh, and maybe even like a Schottenheimer. But if you look at this, the organization, those guys are very important right now. How much is off uh, or amiss uh, we don't know for sure, but it feels like it's not
0: all in unison, not all in sync. Well, and truth be told, that's the, the only thing I'm concerned with right now, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, the defense has to do better, and yeah, you know, get get the, the ball to your playmakers. Yeah, all this stuff, and James Robinson for sure giving the ball more. But, like, what it comes down to in the future of your team, like, when this team drafted Trevor Lawrence, it was not with an expectation he's going to come in here and win a playoff game year one. Okay. I mean, I think if if we're being realistic here, we're in the conversation with ourselves, that wasn't going to happen. But when Trevor Lawrence got drafted, we celebrated because all right, in the future, like this guy has what it takes to make us relevant. He has what it takes to put us over the edge. And all of a sudden, all the years of suffering are gone because we have the quarterback to rally behind. So like people were cheering for Trevor Lawrence because the future is here. Right. And it's the hope and all that good stuff that we broke down the preseason. But when you see these press conferences and, like, and I, I don't know, I guess I'm not sure what I'm asking for, Brett. I'm not asking for them to like, to come out together and, like, be buddy-buddy and <laughs> yeah. stuff and, like, finishing each other's sentences. Like, right? I, I, I don't need that. But you get the sense, like, when Mahomes and, and Andy Reid were doing their thing, you know, year two, like, you sense that there was a good connection there. Right? Like... Mahomes is always very complimentary of Andy Reid, and Andy Reid was the same to Mahomes. Like, there's just there's a special bond there when it's an offensive-minded coach. Now, once again, if this was like a John Harbaugh or something, then I wouldn't really expect a lot yeah, because, yeah, really, you're saying. you know, you, you're, you're not, that's not your world. Yeah. This is Urban Meyer's world. Yeah, Gruden and Carr, yes. McVay and yes. Stafford. Stafford, you know, you, or, or Goff at the day, back in the day. It's just the, I sense a disconnect here. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into it or it not. It going be, into the year. It did. But I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not seeing the other side where it's like, oh, these, these guys are on the same page. I don't get that at all. I feel like behind the scenes, at least the way Urban paints it sometimes, it's almost like Schottenheimer.
2: And I would get the sense, and again, I don't know, we're not in the building. Yeah. But I would get the sense Trevor and Schottenheimer are really tight. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm getting the sense of. Yeah. And Urban just kind of peeks his head in. And I think Bevel's probably tight with that group, too, and they all work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Urban kind of instead of, like he says he's involved in some of the offensive stuff, not as much of defense, but the kicking game and the offensive stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like he pokes his head in, and he's very complimentary of Trevor, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he goes out of his way yep. to be like, this guy's unbelievable. But I, I get the sense that, too. But I feel like that might not be a Trevor and Urban thing. That might be an Urban and Everything thing right now. He feels yeah. disconnected and out of sync is the way I would say it with everything that's going on. And it really does surprise me. I thought from an organizational point of view, I thought there would be more streamlined and walking in step than I've heard it is Mm -hmm. and that we're seeing it is. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a major concern. It's got nothing. You know what's the craziest thing about right now, the concern in Jacksonville? I feel like it has nothing to do with being (sighs) 0-5. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Like, that's the craziest thing. When you talk about this stuff, you're talking about, like, Gus Bradley going into year four and getting off to an 0-5 start and you're in trouble. Yes. Like, that's not even what we're talking about in Jacksonville. We're trying to figure out in Jacksonville, is all the other stuff outside of 0-5 and what it looks like inside mm-hmm. potentially, if it's time to pull the plug on it because
0: it's just not going to work. Yeah. And, and you, you do you know it what? earlier than wait around for later. And, and you, you started the show with this. That's the biggest difference right now between the Jacksonville Jaguars and Detroit Lions. The Lions aren't having this conversation with Dan Campbell. They're like, oh, we're 0-5. How, oh. how do we get better? What do we have to do to get better? Yeah, yeah. We, we can't get up the field goal. Whatever. Are they going to play hard or not? Yeah. There's not that question in Detroit. No, there's not. We're in that question nonstop here. You know, and and, and to, to be fair, yeah, you're absolutely right. We're not we're talking about 0-5 right now. Like, this team's 0 0-5. You lost the Houston Texans, which was, that was the 1000 storyline for one day, and then now we're here. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Listen, I can't be more honest. we got Captain Rick coming up in a moment. But yeah. I can't, I'm just going to be as
2: completely honest as I can be. And I told you this a little bit on Friday. My ears were up on that game yesterday that, okay, what if the Jags absolutely look awful here? Does Urban Meyer say uh, uh, this isn't going to work? Like I, they, my ears were up on that. Now, the Jags came out. They didn't look like that. Uh, they, it wasn't like that. They battled. Yeah. You know, they, they lost, but they battled. They had a chance. They didn't look like they had quit on their coach yeah. or anything like that. But now the Jags go to London. They're 0-6, there's some outside noise, there's all this stuff, there's disconnected news conferences, there, nobody looks like they're on the same page. And I'm wondering if the ownership and people behind the scenes are really starting to look through that contract and trying to find a way out of it. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, well, we can't just eat 50, 60 million dollars here after five games, but is there a way out of this thing? Yeah. Like, I think those questions are being asked and and... And I think they're being floated around. Now, is the owner doing that asking? Or are people in the building doing that asking? That would be a big difference. But I just feel like there's a lot of
0: reading of contracts going on right now. Yeah. Uh, Uh, You know, I don't get Catherine coming on, but this is more of a serious question here in terms of – because I think the problem right now with this team is there's there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, right? There's a lot of people that got hired here, passing game coordinator, offensive coordinator. Do they take a long look at a guy like Carson Palmer and bring him in for maybe a quarterback sneak coordinator? (laughs) Because, And you laugh at this, but I'm looking up the percentages right now. Carson Palmer, second best percentage all time in the quarterback sneak behind the GOAT Tom Brady. Do you bring Carson Palmer in some sort of capacity as a quarterback sneak coordinator? I think if Jordan Palmer... Had done it, then you definitely would. Carson, not so a, much. He's the QB guru. Okay, room. I got you. I got um, you, on this, Let's
2: bring in Captain for the Sportsman Fishing Report. If you could pick one fish to do it, run a quarterback, Sadiq, what would it be, Captain Rick? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably a Goliath trooper. He's coming through. I mean, you're not going to stop him. But but you guys need to settle down. All right, come on. We're five games in, uh, the coach went to a bar. He's not the first coach that ever did that. <laughs> okay, I mean, come on. All right, let's talk a little fishing, because it started out as a very good weekend. Saturday uh, was real good for the bottom fishing boats that were a little bit deeper offshore. For whatever reason, the trigger fish are biting, and they're biting all the way to within 10 miles of the beach. In fact, Captain Robert Simon had a four-hour charter the uh, day before yesterday and caught 20 big hubcap-sized triggers, which is really unusual uh, for us to see them that close also had his liners and some uh, Almaco Jacks and such. There have been some Blackfin tuna around. There are some Wahoo around. It's just got to calm down enough for us to get there. If that's going to happen, it's going to be a little later in the week. Now, four days left of the flounder season. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's it. And then flounder will be closed until December 1st. And if this year is like most years, the flounder will be mostly out of the river by December 1st. So, you better take one of the next four days off and stack up, or stock up, rather, because it's going to be a cold winter if we don't have flounder in our freezers. But there's always one thing you can count on. We're going to be back with another fishing report tomorrow. It's going to be brought to you by CSS Landscaping and Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing. Thank you, boys.
2: Thanks, man. Thank have you. a good one. Uh, that is Captain Rick Riles. Hubcaps, Brent. We're
0: talking <laughs> hubcaps.
2: <hump> <laughs> things are huge. <laughs> I love it. Uh, make sure you check them out every day here on Action Sports X on ESPN six ninety. Captain Rick and uh, the fellows along on Saturday morning seven AM on ESPN. 690 as well by the way don't forget to uh, download the relevant app a lot more of these discussions can take place right there you can put together your own podcast as well r-e-l-e-v-n-t relevant app download it join the espn 690 vibe you can listen to the show right there with one click of the button it's awesome anywhere you're at live espn 690 any time of the day one button on the app and also, you can join in some of the conversation uh, and make your own conversation relevant app. R e l e v n t. We'll be right back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety.
3: I see a group of uh, warriors. I see a group of players that I love to death. I see a group of players that are scoring on the field, and we're just not we're not getting it. We're not closing it out, you know. I mean, you know, from the Cardinals on, Cardinals playing goals in this one. I mean, I, we go down and score. You know, I, I'm waiting to see Trevor get the ball in his hand with a chance to go in the game. I thought we were going to have that at Cincinnati, and then that, that penalty, and we couldn't get off the field. And then a uh, similar situation today. You know, if we score on that, uh, we score there. Our defense really stiffened up near the end of the game and played high energy, got pressure on the quarterback, stuffed the run, and we didn't slam it in from the one-inch line or two-inch line.
2: That's true, you didn't. That's Urban Meyer. Trevor in a late game situation. I've, I do feel like that's kind of the, the next step. Mac Jones had a little bit, had that and got him in field goal range. And um, do you believe? Do you believe the Jaguars have not made a field goal in five games? No way. That
0: is an unbelievable that's not stat. Like, that doesn't happen. I mean, in this climate, in this high scoring climate. Jeez. I, I, I tweeted
2: this yesterday, or maybe it was today, or whatever, but. Like, teams, you I've had conversations over the years like they're kicking too many field goals. Like, how do you stop kicking field goals? You know, how do you go score in the red zone? I, I have never, like, it is, has to be some kind of record. Has anybody gone into October 17th of the season without kicking a field goal? I guarantee, like, every high school in the area has kicked a field goal by now.
0: Yeah.
4: Why don't... I'm being dead serious now. I mean, now. they've kicked him. They just haven't made him. <laughs> no, well, the yeah, Jacks. Yeah, yeah they've yeah, tried yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, them. Uh, yeah, I should say they haven't made one. Yes. Yet.
4: Why don't they let Logan Cook try? <laughs> I'm not kidding By anymore. the way, you
2: sound like every fan in the stadium.
4: Well... Um, <laughs> yeah, but, am I wrong? The dude's I, good at his punting job. No, he
2: wasn't that great yesterday, by the way. It's geez, contagious. he better. uh better. Uh, bad and, one time. <laughs> yeah, Cook's been really good, but he yeah. wasn't great yesterday. Uh, it's, it's a good call... I think he is an emergency guy that if it's, like, an extra point or even, like, inside 40 yards, you could do it. I don't think he has the ability to do it from, like, 52, 53 like they tried. And so you're not going to ever enter a game where a guy can't make it from outside of 40 yards, right? You wouldn't try it like that. Like, you're really not going to enter a game in the NFL where a guy, like, can't get it over the crossbar from 53 yards out, right? Like, in the NFL, like, you wouldn't do that. Oh, wait, maybe you would. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is an emergency. Really by the, way. Right? the Jags have kicked a 52 and 53-yard field goal this year and been short. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't 1996. Yeah. Like 52, 53-yard field goals, you can't, you can miss them left. Mm-hmm. You can celebrate when you think you made it like the Cincinnati kicker and miss it by hitting the flag. Yeah. But you cannot be short. On field goal kicks this day and age, can you, from 52, 53, the Jags are?
0: Not You have to have that leg, Brett. You got to have the leg strength.
2: I mean, in all fairness, Matthew Wright almost had tic-tac-toe. He hit the right post, he hit the crossbar, and if he had made it one more time, he might have hit the left. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a kicking game. Well, that's why once they again, kept, I'm telling you, that is why they kept Lambeau around for this exact reason. They kept them around because they were afraid about what was on the other side. You know, the whole grass ain't always greener. Yeah. Well, that's what this was. They were afraid of it. And so they're trying to get Lambo right because they were afraid of, well, having nothing else out there anyway. That's why but, they kept them around. I, and I think they did a good job by keeping them around. Now let's see.
0: Hope Lambeau can make a kick. You know, for sure. But once again, and I can't stress this enough, like this is where we, where we are now covering this team, though. Like in Cincinnati, that's the story of the day. Do we need a new kicker? In Green Bay, like yeah, they're celebrating a win, you know, come from behind yeah. victory. But they're also saying, "Hey, Mason Crosby, do you think he's done, or should we keep going with this? Like, like, four kicks. Yeah, like and they those, still won. Those that are, would never happen. Those here. are leading off broadcasts today. Josh Lambo and Wright, Matthew Wright. The, you get about ten minutes left of our show. We'll yeah. talk about it because like it shuts down the
2: depth chart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's in the Z block. No, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> of the but show, is actually there actually a Z block? Is it there's a, just, a Z block in the uh, news world, is actually stuff that gets deleted. Okay. So, so you go this was close to being deleted. But did you go
0: A through what, though, <laughs> usually in a show?
2: Uh, it's all segmented. So, like today's a half hour show will go A through D block. Okay. And an hour show will be A through F, sometimes G, depending okay. on how many breaks.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I learned something today. I like it.
4: Yeah. Hey, I like didn't, it, man. Didn't Michael Badgley take oh. over for Josh Lambeau? Does
0: that sound right? The The Honey Badger? I believe so, yeah, in, in L.A. No, that's what they call him. They call him... Honey no, badger. I'm sorry, it's not the Honey Badger. They call him the Money Badger. Oh, the Money Badger. The money Badger. Yeah, I believe so. you sure he took over for him?
4: Yeah, okay, that's not really the point. The point is he's a free agent now, so what What are we doing? It's time timeline, it seems right, but, like, there are people out there that have kicked
0: field goals in the NFL. We have... At the end of the day... Have. No, I don't know. At the end of the day right now, you have two kickers on your roster. You're on 5 I mean... I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm I'm over-exaggerating here when I say that Rossbach can go to somebody else that can contribute right now. But, I mean, I'm not sure if that's really the big difference maker. But at the end of the day, you got to – I just feel like they're in limbo right now. and Maybe that's the best option for this team right now is to be in limbo and have a kicking competition every single week, and you literally kick for your job and the other guy sits out. Like – I feel like there's better ways to do things. And I feel like there could be better options out there. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
2: Well, what they're creating, too, is because of all this is now every time you get out there, the angst of yeah. kicking anything is high. Uh, and that, that is just now it's just a natural thing where it used to be a given thing in Jacksonville for a while. Some, some I mean, a, really, he, for the history of this for organization, they've had good kickers. Yes. You know? And now all of a sudden, out of the blue, it's like, holy cow, what is going on here? And it just adds to the depth. Listen, the kicking situation is not why you've lost 20 in a row, but it's part of the story of it that's how you lose 20 in a row mm-hmm. when you have a kicking situation in the NFL like the Jacksonville
0: Jaguars and not able to resolve it. And they well, haven't been able to. And it begs the question, too, Brett. Like, eventually, I'd like to believe that there's going to be a close game towards the end of the line here in the fourth quarter where the game's on the line, and you need that kick, and how confident are we right now with that? You can't be confident at all. No. And, and, and like, that that's the last thing I want to see happen, whether it's in London or in future games, where you're, you're playing a meaningful ball game. It is the fourth quarter. Everything's going your way. You're playing complimentary football, and it comes down to a kick at the end of the game, and you can't deliver on that. Because then what are we going to talk about? That will be the leading story about how, well, you had how long to figure it out. You still haven't figured it out. I don't want to get to that point either.
2: It's a good time to let you know about people that can kick, and that's the University of North Florida Osprey's women's soccer team. They'll be home on Thursday against Liberty at Hodges Stadium at 6 p.m. And then again on Sunday at 1 o'clock against Kennesaw State again at Hodges Stadium. They will be kicking successfully. For the University of North Florida Ospreys. UNFOspreys.com. Go uh, visit to see more on what the Ospreys are happening, including basketball season right around the corner, and season tickets on sale for the University of North Florida. UNFOspreys.com.
0: I literally thought we had like, a caller from like, the soccer team, so I wasn't going to be like, do me, but I'm like, that's the segue of all segues. Wow. Yeah. Nicely
3: done. Eh,
4: no problem. Hey, real yeah. quick. S- the situation is to win the game potentially. The ball is on the 30-yard line. It is fourth and one. What do you have more confidence in, the field goal kicker or the QB sneak? <laughs> <laughs> Victory
2: formation. Yeah. We'll take a break and think about that. <laughs> Let's marinate come that back. one. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. I feel like the QB sneak is going to very much quickly on this show become like an edible arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> it's got staying power, you mean? <laughs> yes. It's got staying power? Uh, we'll be back. Uh, you know, usually you talk a little college football on a Tuesday. There were some yeah. wild things that did happen in college football, though. Sure. I have that. Uh, to event? finish up a show in golf. Throw a little golf. <laughs> Throw a little no, golf. No. <laughs> I'm almost uh, uh, Maybe, maybe Furrican Friends, out to not really French the PGA. Because uh, yeah. that was a heck of a show, and Phil Mickelson is the inaugural winner nice. of the uh, Furrican Friends uh, golf event there. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6. And I don't forget, Jags Report Live tonight, Sneakers, Sports Grill, and Jacks Beach. James Robinson will be our guest. He will be there live on location. You can watch the show on Fox 30 as well.
3: Because Miles plays three positions, you know, in the three different nickel dime base, you know, something we've been working on. And he played his best football. He, you know, we just did some research is when he plays best when he doesn't have to make the call. And so we gave it to uh, Damien and then also uh, Ray And so you're right when you saw that.
2: Well, that was a confusing quote as well, right?
0: Yeah. Yes, it was, Brent.
2: Miles was. Jack plays better without the green dot. <laughs> I'm telling you. Now, I, mean, I mean, do you, do you think they listen to the, the preseason show that we had or not? Like, do, you, do you think that? I feel like we've asked Urban about that. Not we, but
0: like as a media. Well, I and know. In fairness, like, I don't get
2: down there much at all. So they I asked mean, Joe Collin about
0: it. Oh, they asked Joe about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. I know they asked Joe Collin okay. about it. And I forgot what the, I'm paraphrasing here. But essentially, Joe Collin was like, he, he can handle it.
2: And and again, I do think there's a little element of... This could be, hey, Miles, you're a captain. You feel comfortable doing this. Like, it, you know, you know it. You know personnel around here. We feel like you can know a variety of positions. You might not have played that well be, with it before, but do you feel comfortable now trying to go back to it? Yeah. Could have had that conversation, and that's called trusting a player, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I do say... Care- careful with that soundbite on the presser. Was he trying to protect maybe even Miles, who might have said, hey, I can handle this. I want to do it. We don't know that side. Uh, because if he didn't, then he could easily throw him under the bus. And I just think Urban, to go all the way back to the top of the show, and if you missed it, Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690 podcast, subscribe to it. Yeah. I think he's in a situation because of his situation where he doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus right now. So uh, that's a spin of what he said. But in reality, he could have asked anybody in town, and it's been a topic in town for two years, Mm
0: -hmm. right? It has. Yeah, I mean, and and if you watch any sort of film whatsoever from the previous seasons of of guys, you know, not getting lined up properly, having their hands up in the air, not being on the same page, like a lot of that can stem from that. Oh, and by the way, your star linebacker, Miles Jack, didn't have his best seasons when he did have the green dot. So, you know, I'm just I'm always reminded of, like, you know, what, when I met Urban Meyer in the conversation that we had, and he echoed this when he was on Fox News about, I don't know, Fox News, Fox Sports, when he was saying how, you know, there's no such thing as bad players, right? There's just, there's bad coaches, and, and you're not putting those players up to succeed. We've seen Miles Jack succeed. Now, in this three-four defense, is there room for him to succeed? I believe so. Okay, like, I get people want to bring up the narrative. Oh, he's a middle linebacker. He's still playing the center. He's not doing that. Now he's not having a, so far this season, not having the most productive year. But like, what else are you gonna do with Miles Jack? You can't move him to the outside. He's not a pass rusher. So where do you want to put him? Do you want to put him at safety? Do you want to put him at corner? Like, what what else do you want to do with Miles Jack? You're putting him in the best possible situation that he can be in right now. It's just the fact of when you're making those calls and you're being asked to do what you do, that adds more to your plate. And if I'm a coach, I take a long, hard look and say, I don't want to burden him with more with calls. I just want him to fly around just and go play. play. You know. And, and if I can have the conversation, and you said that before, and fans said that before, I feel like the coaches have to say that too. This is a pretty
2: well-documented story, too. That's my point. I mean, they, they Again, you don't know the player might have asked for this. In defense, I mean, he might have said, "Hey, I'm ready for it." Damian Wilson was new; he was coming mm-hmm. in. What didn't he, Damian Wilson come in in like August? Something, yeah. You know, so Cause, that cause might have been a part Schaubert, of it.
0: I assume was making the calls before. Showber was, yeah. so
2: I think that might have been a little bit to, in defense of them. But Urban, say that, man, you're killing yourself here. <laughs> I mean, it, this doesn't sound good by saying this stuff. And listen, he probably doesn't care about the news conference stuff and what it sounds like, but. You know, he he should probably care about a little bit of the noise coming out of everything around here now. And, again, it looks sloppy. Uh, You know, I've been the defender of the organization on a lot of levels. I can't deny it looks sloppy right now. It looks bad. It looks out of sync. It looks disconnected. It looks disjointed.
0: And it all starts at the top.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, like, you know what it reminds me of, and it's crazy, but, like, remember... Nick Cerrani or Cerrani's first press conference where everybody was grilling him because, like, he seemed nervous and he just didn't seem like he was well-versed for the press conference. Remember that? Yes. With the Eagles? Yes, you're right. And everybody was grilling him. Yes. And then, like, I, I think he figured it out because I don't really see any more sound That's bites. True. of. So he's figured that out. And, you know, the team's playing okay, whatever the case may be. But, like, that was a one-time thing. Well, you have a guy in Urban Meyer who's been the head coach of how many places? who's had how much head coaching experience. Now, yes, I understand that it's different from the college to the pro game, but not answering questions at press conferences. Like, yeah, it's different because you're, you're winning all the time, and I'm sure they're a lot easier to answer the questions as opposed to losing. But this isn't Urban Meyer's first rodeo in a press conference. No. I do feel like, again, I didn't cover
2: Urban Meyer's press conferences like at Ohio State. Florida was kind of like I, – I just don't feel like he was as transparent – and the college game as he is now, and I feel like as much as we, I've said this countless times over yeah. the last few months, as much as the transparency we like. It's time to I go Bill Belichick on everybody. I think it gets him in trouble. It's time to go and Bill, it's, let's I, go Bill I Belichick. I seriously think the transparency gets him in trouble because when you have to go to this where you might try to defend people, it's clunky. Yeah. You know? And, again, I think he's, three weeks ago, I don't think he cared if he threw anybody under the bus from time to time. He was Urban Meyer, yep. and he's going to fix this thing, and we're going to get it right in Jacksonville. Well, in the last 10 days, that has changed. The bravado of Urban Meyer has been shot down a little bit, mm-hmm. and he needs his players and coaches more than he's ever needed them right now at this moment. And so I think he's reluctant to do be as transparent and maybe take a shot or something that might sound like a shot at a player, and instead it's just odd with everything that is being said. Uh, more uh, Jags talk coming up, of course, uh, the rest of the week, including tomorrow, you, as they get ready for London.
0: I was going to say real quick, you know what's wrong about this whole thing with the press conferences, though, and, you know, kind of blaming a little bit, is that the guy that he replaced and Doug Marone was the exact opposite, where it was like, it always starts with me. Yeah. That's on me. That's on me. And we criticized him because, how much, how many grenades can you fall on before, you know, we, we know you're full? Yeah, it's it almost like, Poor, to the point of poor me, poor me, yeah, poor me, yeah, poor yeah, me. Yeah. And now it's kind of like the exact... That's <laughs> yeah, weird. We just get someplace in the middle. The bottom line is when you lose, this kind of stuff happens. It does. I mean,
2: yeah. you worry about these kind of things. Uh, hey real quick, we will talk more college football tomorrow, but Alabama going down. Man, T- to your team, Brent, A&M. I know. I had them in the final four. Did. They had to lose to Mississippi State. If they didn't lose to Mississippi State, they'd have a chance. Absolutely. Like a real chance. Yeah. What a win for Jimbo Fisher, though. That was a great game.
0: A huge game for him. Uh, I
2: thought he had choked. I tweeted that, and then I paid for that, and...
0: I guess I'm going on Twitter more on the weekends, man. Start calling you out a little more, (laughs) holding you accountable.
2: Uh, Don't worry. Everybody
0: else does. (laughs) Good. Good. I like it. I like it. Uh, That
2: was a really good game. I'll tell you, that
0: kid, man, that quarterback, he has a a gun. Yeah. I mean, he can chuck it. Brent, if if I was, like, number two or three in the nation, how would you feel about that?
2: Yeah, I still feel like
0: that was a bit of the all-frog game. But they're number two, and Cincinnati's
2: number three.
0: Yeah. Uh, to relax a little bit huh?
2: Cincinnati make the final four. Yeah. Love to see it. We'll talk a little more college football. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Now that, hey, by the way, now that Alabama has lost, yeah. it's almost like, hey, let's talk more about this college football season. <laughs> we don't know what that sounds like. This looks different. Doesn't it kind of feel like that? It a does bit. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, by the way, great win for Florida State. That was a really cool. good win for Mike Brown. Really good. Yeah. And uh, Sam Howell. I don't now know. it's. Now we're glad to tell you you can listen to the Knowles on ESPN 690. Welcome back. Football and basketball. Going for three in a row this <laughs> week right. against UMass. Well, i will be next week. they got to buy this week. Next week uh, against <laughs> UMass. <laughs> I think they can get that one, I think. Jags Report Live coming up tonight, 7 o'clock on Fox 30. James Robinson will join us from sneakers. Come on out to the beach if you want to be there or if you can't. Fox 30. We'll be back on uh, ESPN 690 tomorrow. Have a good night. <laughs>